what are we going to talk about today? So I'm wearing a suit and tie because, yeah, yeah, I wrote a book, uh, you know, with a chapter in it titled Suit Up and Show Up. Uh, it didn't say suit and tie up and show up, so I've been trying to lose the tie a little bit. But I'm wearing a suit and tie because the reality is we take people more seriously when they're in a suit and tie. It's, uh, it's almost like a uniform that you can uh, get away with all kinds of stuff. You know, I always joke about how I will take the, at most conferences, you won't see me wearing the badge or the pass. I usually stick it in my pocket because it's kind of a game I play to see if anyone will stop me from entering any sections, you know, parties, events, whatever. Uh, and generally, if you're in a suit and tie and you're walking, you know, with your head up and a good stride going, nobody stops you. You go wherever you want. So the suit and tie, people take it seriously. And I really want to be taken seriously today. And uh, do I look a little tired? It's not that I'm tired. I actually slept really well. I slept, I think, seven and a half hours last night, which is up an hour and a half for me. So I had a, a decent night's sleep. But that's what I want to talk about today that's probably got me looking uh, a little tired. But first, a little fun. So the word of the day. I just learned this word today. Furgent. Uh, I guess you can imagine what the F is in front of the word for, but uh, I'd never actually seen that before. So there's my word of the day, furgent. And I'm going to give you an action item at the end of this little diatribe. And I'm going to say it's furgent. The, the action, item, action item I'm going to leave you with, it's, it's full on furgent, and you should take action if you have not already on this topic. So as some of you know, there's a call coming up on Thursday uh, with Kai Wong from MPP, from Manulife and myself, and we're going to talk about that, that topic nobody likes to talk about, and a whole bunch of people who should log into that call won't because they think they have, they have their own things figured out around it. Um, so that will be an insurance call. This, this conversation is a real-life conversation. So yesterday I opened with the question, do you want to be reactive or proactive? And there's a lot of different ways to go through life, and there's a lot of different opportunities we have that we are given on a golden platter to be proactive, and we miss those opportunities. We forego them, we ignore them, we let them go, and then we have to be reactive. And being reactive can really suck a lot. And this is a story about somebody who was proactive. So there's a silver lining in this story. There's, there's some unpleasant things in this story, but but I want to share it with you. And they agreed to let me share some of the details with you as well, because, uh, well, it's fucking important. That was the wake up button right there that I just dropped. So tune in, pay attention to what I'm going to say here, please. Cause it, it matters. It matters to you. It matters to the people around you. So like I say, today you have a choice to be proactive about a wide variety of things tomorrow. You may not have that choice. You may only be able to be reactive. So on Saturday, I got a phone call from a good friend, a guy I've known, uh, I don't I didn't want to say he or she, from a person I've known for quite a while. And um, we spoke regularly every month, twice a month, sometimes three times a month through 2018. I uh, would professional relationship going and uh, and we had these regular calls scheduled and it was all about you know fine-tuning their business increasing their business uh, increasing free time all, all those good things and uh, they're they're a producer they're a go-getter um, above all they're just they're like a genuine good person like genuinely nice you know those people you meet and they're just like 
they're nice. Like they're truly good people. Like I don't think of myself as one of those people, but you know what I mean? When you meet them, you're just like, oh man, this person is like a good human being. They're just so nice. That's who this person is. And, and then I had the, uh, the pleasure of meeting their spouse and it's like more of the same. It's like, oh my God, it's like that sickening couple. They're both just so, so nice. They, and they really are. And I'm not saying that for any other reason than it's true. Like these are two truly nice human beings. So it was really a pleasure to work uh, with them all the way through 2018. And through 2018, we covered a lot of different things. And, uh, you know, we did a 75-minute call one-on-one. We did roundtable meetings uh, every month, more or less. I think we did about 10 of those roundtable meetings, mastermind meetings with seven other brokers uh, through the year. And, you know, over that period of time and that many interactions, you know, you, you get pretty deep into everything. And we covered everything, right? I mean, of course, most people, the top question is always like, you know, how do I do more? How do I do more? Uh, or how do I do more with less? How do I put a little less time in but still hang on to, to the growth curve? So we talked a lot of different details. We talked about home offices versus commercial space. We talked about unlicensed assistances versus uh, you know, assistance um, versus having a, a dedicated expert experienced underwriter in their lives. Um, we talked a lot about different scripts around rates. We talked about strategies around renewals. Uh, we got into the whole business structure, being incorporated, you know, the, the value and the virtues thereof. Uh, investments, you know, when you get to a point where you're generating that extra 10 or an extra 20 or that extra 30 million in volume over and above what your life costs, what's, where's that extra money going? Uh, is it staying inside a corp, moving to another corp? Is it flowing to RSPs, TFSAs? Like, is it going to real estate, the stock market? You know, we, we covered a lot of different ground. And of course, another part of that whole realm is, you know, having your wills in order and having life insurance and disability coverage and, you know, all that kind of thing. And the, the MPP disability coverage is the cheapest disability coverage in the country and we get paid to take it. So it's kind of a no brainer. So of course, every single mortgage broker takes the DI on their own mortgage. I mean, why wouldn't you? It's free for the first nine months based on how you get paid and it's incredibly inexpensive and your business yourself. So I know 100% of brokers I meet, no, no, it's actually about three, maybe 4% of brokers I meet actually took that coverage on their own, which is mind blowing, but what are you going to do? And, you know, this individual at the time when we were first speaking in 2018, uh, they had a, a $500,000 life insurance policy. That was it. And had four other people in their life. That's 125,000 bucks per head. Um, and they're young, like 125 grand a head ain't gonna get you that far in life. And uh, especially if the primary breadwinner is the person who's no longer in that equation and the other four are not, you know, big earners, especially maybe like the ones under 18 or under 10. So we talked about that. And addressing that, and part of my part of my deal with the group of people I was working with in 2018, and I wasn't as aggressive with it as I as I wish I was, um, was you know if you're not going to do these things, then let's just stop. Let's just end this now, and and you go do you. Um, but you know, to this individual's credit, they they did do a lot of these things. They did some math, and. 
look, I'm going to shift into an, an example that I can give you some detailed numbers on because it's my own example. So as a 47-year-old male, I went and applied for an additional $3 million term life insurance policy. This was a year and a half ago or so. And that policy is held inside my corporation. It's convertible to whole life. That's a whole nother conversation. But here's the critical pieces of the puzzle. The policy costs me a hundred bucks a month. And it doesn't cost me that. It costs my corporation that. So the corporation pays a hundred bucks a month, which means I get $50 less in my pocket because it's basically, it's being paid for pre-tax dollars. And it's a $3 million policy. And uh, people go on about tax implications of a policy in your corp. That's because it's, they're being short-sighted. They're not understanding the dynamic. And I'm not going to get into the details of that. The key points I want to make is $3 million worth of life insurance for a 47-year-old male, 100 bucks a month. And like I say, held inside the corp, it's cramping my style to the tune of 50 bucks a month. The other key piece in that equation too, it took 12 weeks from application to implementation. It took 12 weeks to be underwritten and approved and implemented. So for 12 weeks, that coverage wasn't there. It was applied for, but it wasn't there. And on the disability piece, I had long-term disability, $6,000 a month worth. Well, that wasn't really enough at the stage I was at in my life when I was 42. And uh, the three people in my life that were also depending upon me and my income, uh, we needed more than 6,000 bucks a month to, to get through, especially an initial incident. Um, so I called up my, my long-term insurance provider and I said, what happens if I kick the uh, date for the, the kick-in date, if I push that date out as far as possible? And uh, they said, well, you don't want to do that. I said, no, no, just like, give me the math. So I could push that out to six months. And what, what instead of having that long-term disability kick in at 30 days, going to six months took the premium from $290 a month down to $200 a month. And that $90 a month difference covered the MPP disability on all of our collective mortgages that we had on rental properties, et cetera. So I took the DI on all of them and the total was $6,000 a month worth of disability coverage for 90 bucks a month. So long story short, by the time I got to the end of that process, at $290, I wound up with $12,000 worth of coverage for an 18 month window. So those are things I've done. I've shared those stories with the broker in question. I've shared them with lots of you before, and hopefully some of you have applied these things as this individual did. So when they called me on Saturday morning, and I probably hadn't spoken in six months or so, and they called me to tell me that they're in the hospital. And of course, if somebody phones and tells you they're in the hospital right now, what do you immediately assume? You assume COVID-19. And here's one of the critical takeaways from what I'm saying to you here today. If you're having dizzy spells or numbness in an arm or, or any of these things, um, do what this person did and get your ass into the hospital. Don't be afraid to go to the doctor or hospital because of the whole pandemic situation, because it may not, may not be the pandemic that gets you. Like, get your butt into the hospital. Because if this individual hadn't gotten their butt into the hospital, if they tried to ride it out for a few weeks, it, it, it may not have wound up, you know, 
so pretty. And, uh, and who knows how it's going to wind up. That'll all be revealed over the next, you know, month, month and a half. But ask yourself this question, like in the scheme of like insurance policies and all these kinds of things, what's really important to you? The answer to that should be fuck all is important to you. Who is really important to you? That's really what it boils down to. And so we don't take insurance policies to cover our own butts or our own stuff, our payments on our stuff. We take insurance policies out to protect the people we love and to make sure that should anything happen to us, they are still going to be okay. Now they're not going to be okay because of course, you know, something tragic has potentially happened there, but they're going to be one hell of a lot better off. Like I would sooner see my family sad inside a nice, warm, paid off home than sad out on the streets. Like that doesn't work for me. So I think most people feel the same way, but for some reason they don't take action. So I'm absolutely trying to inspire you to take a little bit of action. And here's the other critical, critical piece of this. You know, in four weeks, six weeks, whatever it takes, when this broker walks out of that hospital, and they will walk out of that hospital, here's the thing. They're uninsurable. They're uninsurable. They're young. And this is the biggest mistake a lot of young people make, people especially in their 20s. Ah, I don't have kids yet. I don't have a spouse yet. I don't have things to worry about yet. Nah, nobody's really relying on me. I'll get insurance later. This is like the dumbest approach. When you purchase that insurance in your 20s, it's dirt cheap. It's super, super duper cheap. Even in your 30s, it's cheap. And frankly, as I've just shared with you, even in your 40s, it's still pretty damn inexpensive stuff. It's really inexpensive. But the longer you wait, the more of a risk you run of having something happen to you that now makes you uninsurable. And so even if you live through that experience, you got to carry that weight with you for the rest. Like, whoa, that was a close call. And wow, my affairs really weren't in order. Huh. You know, now, as I say, at least this individual, that's why they called me. They called me to say, you know, thanks for encouraging me to restructure my insurance situation. Like I, I actually did what you said and I wanted you to know because shit's going down. And, uh, as I say, at the end of the day, don't be so flippin' lazy. Take care of yourself. Take care of the people around you. Make sure they're going to be taken care of if you're not going to be around. And, you know, you're sitting in front of a computer right now. You can log in through Phylogics or Velocity. You can go into Tools. You can go right into MPP. And you can actually apply for an MPP policy right now on your own mortgage doesn't even matter whether you did the mortgage or where it's held. It could be held at a big bank that isn't even in the broker channel. It doesn't matter. You can still generate an MPP policy yourself right now. You have the control. You don't have to reach out to an insurance advisor and schedule a time to chat and figure all that out. Plus a bunch of insurance advisors are super old school. and think you got to meet in person. You don't, you can do the whole thing by telephone, but never mind whether you're getting uh, coverage independently or not. It's kind of a no-brainer if you're sitting there right now with access at your fingertips to be able to generate a policy, initial, sign it, the coverage kicks in immediately, 
and then send it off. And yes, yes, it gets underwritten. And yes, they come and take your blood and you know you pee in the cup and all that. But you're still covered immediately. And we're all business for self. So having that disability in place, no brainer. Grabbing that life coverage, at least on the amount of your mortgage for now, while you get something else, no brainer. Do it. You know, go into the tools section. Don't be a tool, right? And apply online. So look, I know there's a lot of other things that I said I'd be talking about this week, but um, you know, the conversation Saturday, and I uh, had another chat with them last night about this because I said, look, I, I'm not going to name names or anything like that, but uh, maybe a few details come out and a few people figure out who you are. Um, I, I hope that's not necessarily the case, but I, I felt like it was an important story to share with you. You know, this is somebody in our own community, somebody who's young, who's being impacted by something that has nothing to do with the pandemic that's going on. And imagine that, you know, I don't want to go, I'm going to wind up fucking crying. But like, imagine being in a hospital and no one can come see you and you can't have, like, that's, you know, the whole thing is shitty. But they will prevail and they will get past it. But they agreed with me last night that it was an important story to put out there and it's important for people to understand. And sometimes you need a little bit of a brutal wake up call to take action yourself. So if even one person, I don't know how many people are on the holy crap, I thought there were only like 40 people on the call, there's like 230 of you. But if even one of you actually takes action and ups your insurance game today, then this was worth it. It was 19 minutes well spent. And look, I'll be back tomorrow and I won't look so tired and sad. I'll perk the fuck up and I'll stop swearing. And I'll probably suit and tie up again because, I don't know, it just feels better. Man, like rolling around the house here in a hoodie or a t-shirt or whatever, it's, it's old. This is like 20, day 27 of self-isolation for me. I am burning the hell out on this social distancing BS. So as I say, tomorrow, cleaner language and happier topics and, and on we go. But... I hope that at least one of you got some value out of what I've said. And I hope that at least one of you takes some action and um, I'm not going to do any Q and a on any of this right now. I'm, I'm just, I'm going to go engage and get through my day. Cause uh, you know, inbox 700 is still my reality. Go forth. Have an awesome day. Thank you very much. Cheers.